Well, once again, great to be with you all this morning and looking forward to spending time in God's Word. And uh, as we have uh, spent time this morning already in communion together, celebrating the Lord um, in dedication uh, with Mike and Stephanie and in, in, in committing as a family and a body, um, what we see is, is uh, looking at a body in which we see love, sacrifice, and and today, as we open the word in First John chapter three, and we're going to be looking at First John three verses eighteen through twenty-four, uh, we're going to focus in on a few things. First of which is going to be, or or culminating in this, that there is a product of love today, and, and that love, as we look, it is not an emotion, it's not a feeling, uh, but it is uh, an action that comes out. Something that is a product to those attached to the Lord in all that He is and all that He does. I'm going to back up a few verses and read our section this morning, but so that we get the full context, I'm going to read from verse 13 of 1 John 3 and following. And it says this, Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren, and he who does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. We will know by this that we are of the truth and will assure our heart before Him. In whatever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. This is His commandment that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded us. The one who keeps His commandments abides in Him and He in Him. We know by this that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He's given us. Let's pray. Lord, thank You that we can open Your Word this morning. Again, as we read, I pray that these words would not just simply go in one ear and out the other, but that they would plant seeds within us, that as we look to Your Word and look to You this morning, again, that we would be reminded of Your truth and that this morning we might be reminded of what it means to walk in Your ways. And I pray this morning that again, only Your things would stick to us, that You would place a finger upon our hearts and press upon those areas in which again, we have yet to bow the knee and to allow You to be Lord of our lives that what is in might come out and be displayed before a watching world as obedient servants. I pray this morning again, as we look at these words, we'd be encouraged as to not only who you are, but what you desire to do, make us, shape us, and mold us to be today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we uh, look at our passage this morning, I want to note that as he begins, he looks at this and starts to talk about those who love and do not love. And 
Note in 1 John 3, verse 15, he says, listen, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And so we're reminded straight off of this fact that as Jesus came, he often caused great controversy and often in the midst of what seemed like words of hope and life, it seemed almost more despairing and discouraging because here the law of God, this law of this line of righteousness as they saw it, they so sought to attain it. And it said, do not murder, do not steal, do not commit adultery. And here comes Jesus and says, look at a woman in the wrong manner and what? You've already committed adultery. He goes on, Matthew 5, and it actually says this as Jesus speaks in verse 21 and says, you have heard that it it says, the ancients were told, you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. And I say that every one of you who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court, and whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the supreme court. And whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that you have something against you, uh, he says, leave your offering. He goes on and says, go make it right. Why? Because listen, in a society that was all looking at the external things, that their actions would make them right or righteous, Jesus was coming to say, listen, it's not what's on the outside, but what? What's on the inside that counts. It's not the murder, but the heart behind it. You've already missed it. When you say racket or cursed or you fool in your heart. And so, Jesus was there to remind them of this thing, that righteousness was found not by what they did on the outside, but who they were related to on the inside. And that's how John begins here in our section in verse 15. He says, He who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know what a murderer, it says, does not have eternal life abiding in him. But he goes on and says, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, that we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You see, It's what's inside that makes us righteous. It was not their religious activities, their church attendance, the number of prayers, the minutes counted, the verses memorized. It was a relationship to a living God. A God who was able to forgive what was on the outside, forgive a heart, uh, forgive a, a sinner. And yet, now, as John begins... Though it is what is on the inside that makes us righteous, if you are righteous, if you are right with God, eventually that needs to what? Not stay in, but what? Find its way out. And now, just as Jesus laid down His life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. This is what Paul writes in Corinthians when he says, He died for us that we might no longer live for ourselves, but Him who died and rose again. You see, as we come to terms with what God did for you and I, 
now, not only does it change us on the inside, but what changes on the inside will begin to flow out and change everything on the outside. It says this in 1 John 3.17, But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. You see, this morning, we're going to be challenged, as I am, by John in his writing, as he says, listen, you can't know the love of God who laid down His life for you and I and walk by someone in need and simply close your heart and your hand. How can you be knowing the name of God and yet not seeing God working in your members? And this is the challenge. Is that if love has its way, it will not only work internally, but begin to permeate everything externally. Jesus said this in John 13.35, By this they will know that you are My disciples, by your love for one another. It wasn't their dedication, their commitment. It wasn't all of those things that we might think show and shine a light on our relationship with God. It was their external love for their neighbor. That would show truth. As James reminds us of what true religion is to help the widow and the orphan. Not just about seeing needs, feeling bad about needs, but actually now motivated by a loving Father to do something about those needs. This manifestation of God's love is evidence of our true relationship with Him. And that evidence today, as we looked, is going to give us a fantastic product. Something happens when we allow God's work not just to be in, but to come out. And, and, and we're going to see a few things now. And, and as we read in 1 John 3.19, it says this, we will know by this. What's this? Little children, let us not love with word and tongue, but in deed and truth. That's what this is. When we don't just let our love be something in our mouth, but something of action, it says by this that we are of the truth and will assure our heart before Him. In whatever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. You see, when love comes out, when we see the manifestation of that love, and again, not just an emotion, not just an internal feeling, not just an internal longing, though those things may be present, I'm reminded of how good the media is at stirring our emotional strings by showing you pictures of impoverished children and they want to move you and uh, make you under compulsion want to do. This compulsion, that guilt motivation, is not the right motivation. In fact, God says, listen, when we give, He says, I don't want anything under compulsion, but a willing heart. 
But when it is a genuine outpouring, again, as I've referred to often in the book of Acts, it's always fascinating to see that when God pours out His Holy Spirit to the church, that to them, there's no instruction manual given. There's no, hey, now that you have my Spirit in you, here's what you should do. No, but in Acts 2 and verse 43, listen to what it says. Verse 42, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Did you notice it? The Spirit came in. There was unity. There was harmony. They began selling their possessions and sharing with all as anyone might have need. As though nothing were their own. There was an immediate outpouring action of selflessness. Not selfishness, but selflessness to give. And as we look at those Uh, that relationship that that church had, I'm reminded that Jesus, again, confirmed what love is. 1 Corinthians 13 reminds us love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. It does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. does not seek its own. is not provoked. does not take into account a wrong suffered. does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. You see, again, love was never to be left as an emotion or an internal feeling. Love was the act of sacrificing, laying down one's life for another. And Jesus, as we just read in 1 John 3, did that very thing. That just as He laid down His life for us, we ought to lay down ours for the brethren. And as we begin to lay down our lives in love, true love, rooted from the heart, not an action to try and grab God's favor, but out of knowing God's favor, now we act sacrificing as He sacrificed to us And now we begin to have this product. And here's the product of love. First one, confidence. Confidence, because when we see the heart of God coming out of us, though we may have doubts, though we may have uh, things that we see that, 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 that are hurts, we take courage knowing that God is working. I love the J.B. Phillips translation. I don't know if any of you have Heard It's actually called the New Testament in Modern English. And it was written by a gentleman, J.B. Phillips, uh, in World War II. And he actually began to translate the New Testament for his youth group that would meet in bomb shelters during that war. 
And he went on and over the next few years, he picked away and he actually managed to finish translating the entire New Testament in what's called the New Testament in modern English. And he writes this as we read. He says, and listen to how he puts it. But as for well-to-do man who sees his brothers in want, but shuts his eyes and his heart, how could anyone believe that the love of God lives in him? My children, let us not love merely in theory or in words. Let us love in sincerity and in practice. If we live like this, we shall know that we are the children of the truth and can reassure ourselves in the sight of God even if our own hearts make us feel guilty. For God is infinitely greater than our hearts and He knows everything. And if, dear friends of mine, when we realize this, our hearts no longer accuse us, we may have the utmost confidence in God's presence. Isn't that great? Today we are confident when love has its way in God. Because we see Him not in word, not in theory, but as we begin to live sacrificially in Him, we see Him in action. And though our hearts may at times have doubts, feel weary, or have worries, we have this confidence. And so the first product when love has its way, confidence. A hope in God that does not waver. Why? Because though we may fail, He is ever faithful. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. The second product as we read is this, that through love we will find obedience. He says, listen, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, verse 21, we have confidence before God. He goes on, verse 22, and whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. So when love has His way, one we are confident. When we live in God's way, not ours, when we begin to sacrifice as He sacrificed, we come before Him in confidence. Secondly, now we come before Him in obedience. Just as the Son laid down His life to the Father, so the product of love is us laying down our lives unto the Son. We're obedient. And today, we look at our lives and we can begin to ask ourselves the question, as I look, has love led to obedience? Not just an emotion with God. And so often, that's what can happen with me, is I get stuck and my relationship with God simply gets left at that, an emotion. I'm not feeling God. I'm not feeling it. And, and there and then, I've already missed it because a relationship with God is not about feeling. There are times when we feel Him, when we know Him, and yet there are times perhaps when we don't. But today, love makes us one, confident. Because we see His activity. Two, it brings us to a point and place of obedience that true love 
He's not selfish, but selfless. And we now follow His way. Thirdly, this is His commandment. That He goes, uh, verse 22, that whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments. We are confident. We obey. And we see prayers answered. When love has its way, we begin to see prayers answered. And I might suggest this morning, that's because all, not all of a sudden, God decided to give you the car you always wanted, a bigger house, paid for the renovation you wanted, gave you a nicer yard, got the work done, and made everything smooth. No, now, we begin to see answered prayer. Why? Because in love, confidence, obedience, now, I begin to ask for the things that God wants. When love has its way, my heart aligns with His heart. This is why we often read again and again in Psalm 37, and it says this, Trust the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him. And He will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. And again, I'm always waiting for Him to, as I delight in the Lord, give the desires of my heart. And yet, listen, as you cultivate faithfulness, delight yourself in the Lord again. It's not that all of a sudden God's heart changes and wants what my heart wants. The more I delight myself in the Lord, cultivate faithfulness, that is the obedience we're talking about, slowly but surely, what happens? My heart begins to change, and now I begin to want what He has always wanted. And He gives me the desire of my heart, not superficial things, but the things according to His great kingdom. Today, not only are we confident when we see love have its way, Not only does it lead us to obedience, selfless, not selfish, but it begins to see answered prayer because we have a heart that is wholly His. And we begin to see Him accomplishing the things He's desired. And now our desires match His. Lastly, it says this. This is His commandment that we believe in the name of His Son Jesus. Love one another just as He commanded us. And the one who keeps His commandments abides in Him and He in Him. We know by this that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He's given. And again, I want to read how J.B. Phillips put it this morning. He says this, we receive whatever we ask because we are obeying His orders and following His plans. His orders are that we should put our trust in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as we used to hear Him say in person. The man who does obey God's command lives in God and God lives in Him. And the guarantee of His presence within us is the Spirit He has given us. We see the final product of love when it has fully had its way is one 
that there's confidence. Two, it leads to obedience. Three, answered prayer. But lastly, hope in an abiding presence. That not only are we in Him, but He in us. That He will never leave us nor forsake us. And as I look, and today, and here's the take home, what a great reminder. Number one, as we began, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And there's evidence that that they may know God's name, but that God is not abiding in them. Today I ask the first question, that as we look at our heart, what place has hate? What place has any of these things that are not of God, but far from Him, in opposition to Him? Secondly, I may know a God of love, but ask this question this morning, have I let that knowledge of this loving God not just reside in, but make its way out? Does it not just affect what I say where I go on Sunday morning, but in how I act when I see the needs around me? And in all of these things, I speak to no one but myself. Because again, the, the Lord is pressing on me those things in which He says, there's an area. You see a need, but you fail to move. And my heart desires not just to see, but to do. He goes on, and we have to ask ourselves, have I let my life become defined by the doubts? Or if I let love rule, knowing that He's greater than all of this. As we just read, though our heart may condemn us, God is greater than our heart who knows all things. Has my life been defined by condemnation or by the care of a loving Savior? Have I allowed love to drive me to obedience. That is not just to know and love God, commit my way to Him, but true love, not an emotion, the act, sacrifice. Laid down my life for Him. His will, not mine. Have I allowed love today to bring me to a point and place of obedience? Not just more commitment and dedication, but following His every instruction. Have I allowed love to fill my prayers? Not just to pray for what I need, my circumstance, my pocketbook, a fuller wallet. Notice there's a theme here. Uh, easier days, <laughs> freedom from hurts, <laughs> physical help. But am I seeing the fulfillment of prayer because my prayers are filled with the things He wants? The helping of others. The building up of the body. The supporting of the hurt. 
the coming alongside the weak. And lastly, as we obey and we see His work, have we come to a place where all things come down to that I abide in Him and the confidence that He is abiding in me. This is the manifestation of love, the evidence of a relationship with God that we are confident, not condemned, obedient, selfless, not selfish, prayers assured, not praying to the wind, full of hope, confident, not hopeless, and abiding. All things rooted in the Father of life. Allow the Lord this morning, as He is with me, to put His hand on your heart and allow Him to take our whole life, not just part, not the emotion, not this, not that, but that we might not be those who know and carry God's name, but walk in the fullness of God's ways. Let's pray. Lord, thank You that this morning we can look and see that love would have its way within us. That today You desire a heart that we are made righteous from the inside out. And we thank You that that righteousness does not stay dormant, but desires to be seen, to be shone, not hidden under, under a bushel, but shown to a watching world that they too might know the fullness of all that we have in You. Thank You that today it is not what we do, but in whom we abide that is our good. And that we see these things, may we all crave and look and see the reality of love at work in our lives. Thank You that today, as we lay down our lives, as You laid down Yours for us, there is a fullness of the fruit of righteousness to be enjoyed, to be shared. And I pray today that we would be a body defined by that. Life-giving. Loving according to the love of Christ. Not just in what we say, but in all we do. In Jesus' name, Amen.